Shalom. Welcome to Pathfinder's Messianic Bible Study. I'm your host and teacher, Brother Scott Norris, and back with you once again, continuing in the series titled Twisted Scriptures. So now we're Twisted Scriptures Part 4, Touch Not My Anointed. And so as we get started, we're going to look over in 1 Chronicles 16, and verses 20 through 22, and it reads, And when they went from nation to nation, and from kingdom, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong, yea, he prepared kings for their sake, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Touch not my anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Now, this verse of scripture um, out of First Chronicles 16, uh, you know, and 22 and also Psalms 105 and 15, because it's really technically a psalm. OK, this verse was is used a lot by leaders in the body of the Messiah, usually as a shield from rebuke, correction and criticism basically for preachers who have backslidden morally or ethically or show a consistent lack of Christ-like character. Okay, so I'm hitting the, I'm hitting it kind of hard right away. This verse is one of the most often quoted verses used by leaders in an attempt that kind of suggests that they are above rebuke. All right. Um, this verse meaning has been twisted to suggest that the calling and anointing on a preacher or a prophet allows them to be, be above the same level of accountability as any other quote unquote less important brother or sister in Messiah. The, the premise suggests that a preacher is only accountable to God and therefore isn't subject to any earthly governing authority, even within a church or ministry. Also, it is suggested that if one touches, criticizes, or rebukes an elder, preacher, pastor, prophet, evangelist, etc., then some type of misfortune will result in your life. Okay? So, this is used a lot. You know, if you're in the church circles and so forth, a lot of times it's used to suggest, hey, touch not my anointed. You don't say nothing at all about the pastor or the prophet, you know, even if they're wrong, you don't, you don't, you don't address it, you don't correct it. They are um, only accountable to God and him alone. Okay. And before we examine, you know, this verse in its proper context, first, I want to digress and state that covering a pastor or any preacher is paramount to the health and success of any congregation or ministry, because see, I'm not trying to create church anarchy here. Okay. As I observe, you know, as we point out the twisted scriptures, this is no, no means to, you know, cause open season of attack on leaders. All right. I want to carefully address this. Okay. First Peter chapter four and verse eight says, above all, keep your love for one another constant for love covers a multitude of sins. 
our love for one another, whether it be for the preacher, the bishop, or laity, alike should cause us to patiently bear with each other's human imperfections. Cover in the above verse in Greek is the word kalupto, which means to cover up or hide. As members of Messiah's body, we shouldn't make it our mission to expose every flaw simply to throw shade on others and expose flaws. All right. Leaders in ministry are particularly vulnerable to harsh criticism. Why? Leaders are high profile. And this is probably why leaders started, you know, I, you know, I want to be fair and balanced here. This could be one of the reasons why leaders sometimes abuse this verse. All right. Now, you know, yes, a lot of them become controlling over it. But a lot of times it is also because in leadership, you are at the forefront and therefore you are open to a lot of criticism. Why? Because leaders make decisions that impact groups of people. And so anytime you're a decision maker, you're the lead decision maker, oftentimes people don't agree with the decision. All right. It could be something as simple as changing the, the church carpet from one color to the next or making changes in the robes of what the choir is going to wear. I don't know. It could be a number or or doing outreach in a particular community or building a new facility. You'll always have people who disagree with it. And so as a result, they'll they'll backbite and murmur, complain. You know, they'll even say rude or nasty things about the leader. So a lot of leaders resort to this type of verse to try to keep and maintain some sort of an order. But that's still wrong. Okay, we can't interpret a text out of our hurt and wounds. So I want to address that. Um, let's see here. Like I stated, leaders are high profile. They are also key decision makers. People often disagree with decisions leaders make. Perhaps a preacher delivered a soul-stirring, uncompromising message, and instead of someone receiving the message with a repentant heart, a person gets offended and now proceeds to point out all the flaws of the preacher. As a youth, I'm going to share this experience. I attended a congregation with my family in the Midwestern part of the United States. The wife of the pastor apparently had a habit of purchasing dresses from a department store, wearing them once or twice, then returning them. I knew this only because a member of the congregation felt it necessary to always share this bit of gossip. If the love of God was truly at the center of this member's heart, then they wouldn't seek to leak this information, but keep the matter hidden and perhaps even pray for the pastor's wife to overcome in this area of her life. Perhaps the pastor's wife felt the pressure to always look sharp since she was always watched by other members and expected to look perfect. By exposing this sin or flaw, does it, bring, does it help to bring out God, about godly fruit in the life of the pastor's wife? By always bringing this up to other people, is this information edifying and needful to increasing God's kingdom on the earth? Should leaders be honored and respected? Most certainly, bearing the responsibility as watchmen over the souls of men and women is not an easy task. And so I'm going into this because, see, a lot of times 
I see that, you know, people get lashed a hold of something and, 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 and they've been hurt. They've been abused, especially through um, false, uh, through wolves in sheep's clothing. A lot of, a lot of church herds could be summarized as dog bites. You know, remember Peter warned about uh, watch those dogs. He was talking about basically teachers who were, who were um, not bearing good fruit. You know, teachers who were predatory, like a dog, okay? Or, or wolves in sheep's clothing. A lot of our church church is centered around people whom Christ really doesn't claim as his own. Now, yes, can we get hurt by genuine followers of Christ? It's possible. Yes, very much so. So we have to learn to discern this and, and, and learn that a lot of these abuses are committed by what? Wolves in sheep's clothing. A lot of, a lot of our church herd is really dog bites. I hope you're catching that. But anyway, should leaders be honored and respected? Most certainly bearing responsibility as watchmen over the souls of men and women is not an easy task. Hebrews 13 and 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as one who must give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no benefit to you. So it's no benefit to your, for, uh, uh, it's of no benefit to your spiritual growth to backbite, murmur, gossip, and complain mercilessly about those whom Adonai has appointed as godly leaders over congregations and ministries. And Torah, an entire generation of Israelites, perished in the wilderness, unable to enter the promised land, largely because many in the congregation murmured against Adonai's leadership through Moses and Aaron. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 5 through 6, and also verses 10 through 11. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for examples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. However, as I stated, it's important for us to honor our leaders. It's important for us to respect them, okay? But equally, the laity, the parishioners of congregations and ministries must also be respected and honored as well by those leading them. Okay, so it's a two-way street. Both should respect each other. Both are important in the eyes of the Lord. You know, we're really a part of the same team. We're a part of the same army. Just in the army, you have those who have authority over others. You know, you have captains, lieutenants, you have corporals, you have colonels. You know, but we're still one army, one team. We may have different levels of responsibility on that team, but we're, we're, we're still like one family, just like the father or the husband is the head of the household, but every other member of the household is just as important. You know, so Galatians 5 and 15, but if you bite and devour one another, 
take heed that you be not consumed one of, one of another. Second Corinthians 5 and 16. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. <clears throat> Often we hear in many church circles of the importance of having a spiritual covering. Okay, so this kind of ties into how this verse twisted, you know, uh, touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm, also gets tied into this notion that a pastor is your spiritual covering. Many teach that a pastor is a spiritual covering of a congregation. Well, first of all, in scripture, pastors are referred to as bishops. Bishop actually literally means a guardian or an overseer. A pastor provides as he or she guards a flock from false prophets, teachers, and doctrine by providing spiritual oversight to a faith community. Okay, so... Yeah, you're a guardian if you truly protect people from wolves in sheep's clothing and from false doctrine. But if you propagate a whole bunch of false doctrine and, and if you're preying upon the flock, then then you're truly not being a guardian. But that's another story, okay? Um, the Most High himself covers his people. Isaiah 61 and 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. Isaiah 30 and verse 1. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. Exodus thirteen twenty one. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them by the way, and by and, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. The same cloud of glory which covered and led Israel, known also as the church in the wilderness, also covered and led Moses and Aaron as well. The same Holy Spirit, which leads and guides the preacher to preach a message and to lead a flock or exercise oversight, spiritual oversight over a congregation, is the same Holy Spirit, which leads and guides you as the parishioner, the member of the congregation. Amen. So, you know, like the Holy Spirit, Paul declared, it's the same spirit. We just may have different ways in which he may function in us as far as gifting and calling. But it's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same Ruach Hokadesh, the same breath of the Almighty, the same wind of God breathing upon us. The congregation is accountable to clergy just as clergy is accountable to the congregation. And both are accountable to Yeshua, the head of the body. So Yeshua is the head of the body. Both are accountable to him, preacher, prophet, faith community leader, as well as uh, those who are not in leadership position. We're both accountable to each other, and we're accountable to Yeshua. And Yeshua, you know, both are accountable to Yeshua. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are placed by the Holy Spirit into the body of Messiah, just as a ministry secretary 
or a church janitor, an usher, a greeter, a youth volunteer, an altar worker, an intercessor, etc., etc. Just as each one of our body parts is important to the functioning of our body, the same applies to the various spiritual giftings within members of the body of Messiah. Numbers 8, verses 10 through 11. When you bring the Levites before the Lord, the people of Israel shall lay their hands on the Levites. Aaron shall offer the Levites before the Lord as a wave offering from the people of Israel that they may do the service of the Lord. The Levites, the priestly preaching tribe, was to be an offering to the Lord, just as preachers are an offering to do service unto Adonai. As an offering, that means in order to serve effectively as a bishop, an elder, a prophet, evangelist, or apostle, then one must be willing to live a life of sacrifice. You get that? You have to live a sac. You live in a life of sacrifice. In fact, the calling of the entire body of Messiah is to priest priesthood. So the entire body is called to priesthood. Yeshua said, in order to follow him, we must be willing to take up our own cross. But you are a chosen race, First Peter 2 and 9. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Luke 9 and 23. And he said unto all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. First Chronicles 16, which bears the infamous touch not my anointed scripture, is contextually a song of praise, recalling how Adonai protected Israel as they traveled from nation to nation as they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. The verse reassures us that as Yahweh's covenant people, he will faithfully protect us and even reprove kings for our sake as we endeavor to fulfill his mandate to make disciples of all nations. All of Israel, his covenant people, are anointed in his prophetic witness to the nations. Therefore, as the prized possession of the Almighty, when you seek to destroy his people, you are in essence speaking of picking a fight with the Almighty himself. So this is talking about the entire body of Messiah. Because when we've been grafted into the Messiah, we've been grafted into the covenant with Israel. We are Israel. Amen. So as Israel's anointed uh, body of Christ, the Messiah, we are protected supernaturally by him. It's not just the preacher. Amen. You know, and, and so, you know, this is not, you know, this verse is used, man. As you know, I think I clearly made it clear. No, we're not to disrespect our leaders. It's easy to point the finger and blame at them. You know, we're not supposed to point out every little minute thing that you don't like. I don't like his suits. I don't like what he dresses. But this is not a license for preachers to hold people accountable to things they won't hold themselves accountable to. You got preachers with bad attitudes that don't know how to talk to anybody, that belittle people, that are harsh and cruel and want to rule over every single decision over a person's life. They feel like not only are they the spiritual overseer over the house of faith, but they're the spiritual, that they're the overseer over your own home. You know, they, 
They can dictate what goes on in your marriage or tell you who you should marry and not to, or, you know, telling you how to raise your kids and if you should take a job or not. You know, it's, you know, there's one thing to, to seek out counsel, to receive wise counsel for someone. Notice I said wise, godly counsel. But it's another thing when people become controlling and then the way in which they protect themselves, almost as if they're a made man in the mafia where nobody can touch them, is they say, touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm. That verse has been so misused. So I, I pray that this teaching has been balanced. I pray that those who are misusing, misapplying this scripture would stop, that they would repent before the Most High and realize, look, your life is to be lived as an offering before the Lord. Amen. And we are a, to be a living sacrifice. You know, doing what is holy, acceptable, and pleasing to him. Being not, no longer conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. The world system, you see dictators that lead over nations. We're not to be dictators. Amen. We are to be servants of the Most High God. We speak the words of liberation and life into people. Amen. Hallelujah. And I pray that, you know, people respect one another. Preachers should respect their congregation. You are accountable, yes, to God. And God is the one who called you. But you are also accountable to the people of God because God called them too into, into his kingdom. We're, we're accountable one to another. And ultimately, we're all accountable, accountable before Yeshua. Okay, so I pray that this has been a blessing to you. We'll meet again. Shalom.